Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lunatics Library, the episodes where we bring you short fiction around some of our favorite horror themes. I'm Abby Branker. I'm here with Alan Kudan. Hello. And today we have reincarnation stories for you. I'm really excited because we have two authors that are new to the podcast that we're featuring. Really? Yes. That's cool. Very cool. So these are not public domain stories. No, they're not public domain stories. These were stories that are written by modern, awesome authors and writers. Cool. And we have the pleasure of featuring them on today's episode. Are they spooky? Oh, they're spooky big time. That's pretty good. Yeah. One is, I won't give anything away, but But, I'm excited. Well, they are about reincarnation. They are about reincarnation, yes. So that's a spoiler. That's a spoiler, but hey, you clicked on the link. You knew what to expect, right? Maybe. Sometimes they just click. Well, I, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Should we, should we jump right into I it? I think we should just go right right in. I mean, the only thing I guess I'll say is if you are curious about the history of reincarnation, you can, if you have not yet listened to our two-part series on that, I would, I would also encourage you to do so because it might give you some context to the stories that are going to be read today. But no, no preface, no prerequisites for this. Yeah, so the, the first part is like a deep dive into the historical uh, re- references to reincarnation. It's very, very boring. <laughs> and then the second one is all modern accounts. and Not even that modern. In the last 200 years. Yeah, but just like actual uh, recorded instances of reincarnation. That's and that's right. slightly less boring. Oh, come on. I thought that one was one of my favorite episodes that we've done. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I had fun with that. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. A fine feathered friend's earrings. Written by Spooky Bambina. Read by Abby Brinker. A square mirror, one of many within the exotic jewelry store, revealed Amaya's reflection clad with green and yellow feathers at her earlobe. Amaya picked up the earring package after the brilliant hue struck her vision. Indeed, the feathers stood out against her gingham-collared blouse, white pants, and blue flats, inciting a battle of tropical versus nautical. What do you think, huh, lovely pair? A retail associate asked Amaya. In response, she jerked up, not realizing she was lost in a gaze. Striking, I'll be purchasing them, she answered while fishing for her credit card. Amaya did what she could to ensure this fabulous life for herself. So for her, there was no guilt in splurging. She presented it to the cashier with a cordial smile. Thank you for shopping with us. Have a nice day, the cashier said as she handed her a clean white gift bag. On the walk to her car, Amaya felt a sense of unease. She had just eaten a healthy meal of fresh crab salad. So how mysterious it was that she felt nauseous in her stomach. Did the cafe chef sneeze in her food? Impossible, she figured. They made the salad right in front of her. She tossed the bag in the front seat of her GT-class convertible, then discarded her sneezing into her salad theory as she drove home to get ready for the singles ball. Amaya stripped off her shopping clothes and traded them for a sleek black knee-length number she'd been wanting to put to good use. Elbow-length gloves came next, then the earrings, the tropical feather earrings that were saved for last, as she stared at her outfit. Look out, singles ball, Amaya muttered while tracing the silhouette of her curves. Mama's gonna have a brand new man. The country club swarmed with guests as Amaya made her way into the entrance. She'd feared that the other patrons of the club would behave like they typically did, but none of that was there. Instead, their attention was on Amaya, her slinky, form-fitting dress, and the feather earrings. 
A middle-aged man approached her, smoking a cigar. My, my, miss, don't you look ravishing this evening. The man drawled, eyeing Amaya up and down. Mind if I buy you a drink? Confused, she replied. Why, certainly. A man like this, married but still chasing the tales of younger women, would have never looked her way before. Amaya, black and in her late forties, knew better than to have her time wasted by these types. But when one of them offered her a free drink for the first time, she wondered how she could turn that down. At the bar, the cigar man couldn't keep his eyes off of her. Okay, sir, what is it really? Why am I up here with you right now, when I could be flirting with men who aren't in denial? I just think you're especially beautiful. So I treated you to a drink. And those earrings. He stretched his neck to look closer, but Amaya turned away. The earrings turned with her. What about them? They're rare. There's your answer. They must have cost a pretty penny. Might even look better against my nightstand, he slurred. Amaya grew sour like the lemon zest in her drink. I'm leaving. In one simultaneous move, she dumped her drink onto the man's head and dunked his cigar into his whiskey. Many men and women traded dance moves and drank wine while watching others. Amaya poured a glass and took a seat to scan her surroundings. A tall and bearded suit caught her eye, and in a moment of boldness, she stood up to say hi. Hmm, all alone tonight? The bearded man crooned, plastic wine glass in hand. Ha, huh, I see you're a jokester, she laughed. You seem like a well-traveled fella. What's the most recent place you've been to? Antigua, my home country. Antigua, interesting. I hope that wasn't your attempt at rhyming, the beard joked. Because if that was it, you've got a lot of learning and traveling to do. Rhyming? Just look at my skin color. The laughter died down when Amaya's ears picked up a squawk. What the? The beard gave her a quizzical look. What's the matter? It was quite funny, don't you think? Yeah, no, uh, what's your name? Garrett, call me Gary. Amaya, no, Gary, you are a very funny man. She trailed off before starting up again. I just heard this strange squawking noise. Gary looked around for anything that could have resembled a bird. I detect no bird-like activity in here, he shrugged, but those earrings are peculiarly fetching. Thank you. Ah, it's probably my imagination, Amaya said. Anywho, have I seen you around here before, in this country club? Nah, never found it worth the investment to be harassed by old white folk constantly. But seeing you here, he winked, now I might just reconsider. Free food all the time, Amaya offered with a giggle. The strange squawking started again, and she put a finger to her ear. Sorry, my ear's just... itching, it's itching. Not to worry. Gary finished the last of his wine and wrote something on a nearby napkin. Here's my number. Let's stay in touch. I'll be awaiting your call. Great. I will be calling you soon, Garrett, she smirked. This was her first successful singles night in years. Amaya set the napkin with Gary's phone number on her desk. As she prepared to remove her earrings, the squawking returned. All right, whatever damn bird noise this is, I command you to cut the crap. The squawking noise ceased upon the last syllable. She placed the earrings on her dresser and got ready for bed. The strange feeling lay dormant in her body to allow her a fun night out, but she wasn't off the hook just yet. Amaya took a moist towelette to her face. One wipe revealed mascara marks, brown foundation, and a streak of red. A second wipe revealed another layer of makeup and the squawking again. It started so faint but grew louder as she realized that there was no squawking birds at the country club or within a five-mile radius. A bird-like apparition manifested into a green and yellow parrot floating in her mirror's reflection. Squawk! Surprise, bitch! Squawk! A Carolina parakeet, long extinct since the late 1910s, flew towards her and pecked at her ears, eyes, and face. Amaya shielded herself with her arms as it kept attacking her. Stop! She screeched, bolting for another room to hide in. The parrot tailed behind her after spending a brief introspective moment with her feather earrings. 
This is revenge for killing the last of my species, you insolent humans. Squawk! What? I wasn't even alive when y'all were. Put the damn onus on the ones who ain't here anymore. The parakeet didn't care. It waited decades for this glorious moment. My family, my livelihood, and you Cretans took all of that away from me. Now die. Stop it, please. I swear to God, I had no idea they were yours. Just please stop pecking me. Leave me alone. Amaya sobbed. She covered her swelling face with her hands as she lay on the floor in near defeat. The unnamed parakeet paused its havoc. Very well, it said. Whatever this bird spoke, it felt like its voice was being transmitted through an invisible loudspeaker. Amaya understood nothing occurring before her. How had this developed from a pair of earrings? It is because of all you humans with your excess hunting, your poaching, your need for fancy clothes. All I wanted was to spend one last moment with my family. I couldn't even have that moment. Now a century later, you use my remains for your jewelry? It is now I must exact my revenge. Only right since you eliminated us. The parakeet opened its beak to emit its previous eardrum-piercing bird screams. Wait! Amaya rose from the floor, preparing to make a bargain. Follow me. If I offer these, she shone her desk light on her feather earrings, will it be enough to appease y'all? It will never be enough, but I will accept them for now. Amaya removed the earring hooks with a gentle but firm pull to maintain the feather's formation. Leave them there. The Carolina parakeet dematerialized. Amaya sank back to the floor, crying after the ordeal with an extinct bird. She mustered the energy to pull herself into her down-feathered bed, Only its softness could offer her solace in this moment. The next morning, the feathers were gone, as if they were never there. Amaya longed for the feeling they gave her upon wearing them, but knew it would never be right again. She took a lighter to the earring hooks that housed those very feathers and watched her sinking feeling dissipate. A tall, heavy drink and a phone call were in order. The napkin with Gary's phone number had bird poop above the digits. A half-hearted autograph from Eastern America's only native parrot. I was not expecting reincarnated birds. A reincarnated bird story. How fun. What a twist. A twist, right? A very welcome one as well. Yeah. So that was written by Spooky Bambina, Mm -hmm. who is a longtime friend of the Lunatics Project. Cool. And she's featured in some of the Lunatics magazines. That's where I know the name. Yes. She has, she's a wonderful writer, as you all know now, but she is also a wonderful musician. Oh? So yeah, she has a debut single right now called Itchy Dress Sunday, which is out on Spotify and all music streaming services. Love the name. Yeah. And it's really good. It's like punk and hardcore. It's just my, just my type of music. Cool. Yeah. So follow uh, Spooky Bambina on Instagram, of course. But also follow follow her on Spotify and listen to the song because it's really fun and I can't wait to hear more music from her. Cool. Yeah. So thank you so much, Spooky, for your uh, ongoing contributions to this project. Does she identify as Spooky? I feel like it should be like the full name of Spooky Bambina. Yeah, may, may, that's a good question. <laughs> I just If, if my name spooky was Spooky ba- Bambina, I would settle for nothing less than the entire thing. That's true. Yeah. So thank you, Spooky Bambina. We love you very much. And now... We have another awesome story to share. Okay. Blood in Sand. Written by Anastasia Garcia. Read by Alan Coudin. 1907. The island of Martinique. A final set of magical words drip from Stephanie's lips, 
as the world wrinkles, allowing an entity to pass through. The black shadow shifts and hisses through the thick undergrowth. Leaves titter in its wake, and the jungle leans and sways with a swirling force. The wind is hot and sticky, kicking up the salt air and smell of dead things washed ashore. The girl watches with wide, dark eyes, clutching the lantern with a shaking hand, her breathing fast and shallow. She drops a tin pail reeking of pig's blood near her feet, speckling her ruffled white dress with spots of red, just as the shadow takes a human shape. Layer builds upon layer, starting with the spindly white bones clattering together like empty shells, soon dripping red in meaty flesh. All the pink organs and jiggly parts are zipped up in a thick black skin. The limbs are long and thick, muscles shine against slick arms and thighs, the form neither man nor woman. It croaks a moan through an incomplete throat, as the eyes appear wide and lidless, rolling in ecstasy. Papa Legbla, La Diablis, the devil. It has been called many things, but now it is no longer a cautionary tale. It is reborn in flesh and bone. Who summons me? It hisses, crouched like a hungry spider, with both hands and feet buried in the sand. Stephanie knew to speak to the devil is to sell your soul. All the island people knew this, even before the French colonizers stepped their boots on the sands, bringing a horde of hardened men, their chains, and their preaching of hellfire. The people of Martinique had known for centuries to be afraid of something sly and slithering in the tropic underbrush. The mysterious being that whispered words and wishes on the wind, feeding on sorrow, hate, and greed. But what if you wished for something they couldn't take away? Not gold, or fish, or sugarcane. What if you wished for a new life? So is the wish of Stephanie, an island girl who shirks her washing duty and seeks solace in the shoals and smell of seawater. Here she watches the ships in the harbor. She spies the dirty men in their curious clothes disembark across the plank dock. They walk in their swaying way with legs not used to solid ground, seeking a warm woman to share their bed. Stephanie craved more than that, a place entirely different from this. So many nights she dreamed of finding passage on a ship laden with spices, sugarcane, and dried meat to a new harbor. One where she could strut like these men, strangers with a past they carved themselves. She let her dreaming become wishing, become wanting, become envy. A pit opened in her stomach that sucked all happiness, and eventually her yearning spoke to something in the dark. This time, the darkness replied, whispering instructions that Stephanie heeded with zeal. Her only friend begged her not to, poor Lucia, with her thick braids and her soft sensibilities. She thought nothing more than of washing, trinkets, and counting chickens. Stephanie sneered her absent-minded smile, her willingness to be trapped in domesticity for the rest of her life. Lucia followed Stephanie into the jungle thicket only once, but abandoned Stephanie when she caught a whisper of a disembodied voice in the brush. Stephanie is a child no longer, staring back at the thing she created with blood and sand. It squats low among the ferns, with eyes glittering gold, studying the bones of dead birds crunching between its toes, sniffing the splash of pig's blood cast over the soil and the bite of island spices mixed in among sand. Its white teeth flash a sharp smile between dark parting lips, asking, 
Do you wish to know your future? Stephanie says not a word, but the pit in her stomach widens, aching. The creature leans towards her and breathes out a prophecy. You will leave this place, shed a skin, and grow a new one. This time, thick and strong. You will change faces, learn different tongues, and carve a new life from this opportunity. Stephanie knew to be wary of its silver-tipped words, but she pondered them all the same, rolling them around in her head until they were soft like ocean-ground pebbles. Her black eyes glitter with possibilities, so close she could taste the freedom on her tongue like fresh berries. It laughs like the yelping of a dog. But as you rise, so will others to pull you back down. It studies the girl, eyes shining in the darkness. This does not frighten you. You would do it all the same. I raised you from the ground, Stephanie says expectantly, her eyes narrow. That you did, and for that I grant one wish. I want this future you speak of. Stephanie stands taller, her hands and fists at her side. The aching pit yawns wider. All I give is a chance. You make your fortune from here. The creature rose from the blood and sand, standing at full height, saying over its shoulder, You know where your journey begins. With those final words, it disappears slinking through the tropical underbrush and ongoing through the sugarcane fields, seeking to prey on sadness, death, and disease. As soon as the deal is done, Stephanie dashes through the thicket of trees, Thorny brush tears at her legs, but she will not stop. She barrels towards her new life, past the path to her familiar cove, past the river where she did her washing, down the well-trodden dirt road to the docks. There she sees a solitary ship, visible in the mist of an evening sea, as if conjured from the dark, waiting for its final passenger. That was lovely. Not only did I really love the story that Anastasia wrote, which we'll talk about, but your demon voice was very good. Thank you. I really enjoyed that. It's a lot of practice from doing all the stupid titles. (laughs) So I want to tell you all a little bit more about Anastasia Garcia. She is a new friend of the pod. I would love to know more. She's an incredible writer. Yeah. So Anastasia Garcia is a Mexican-American writer of horror and speculative fiction Her recent short story is featured on Corvid Queen, a journal of feminist fairy tales and folklore and myths. Her writing will appear in an upcoming issue of the Nottingham Horror Collective. And in 2020, she was named a recipient of the Ladies of Horror Fiction Writers Grant. Originally from Texas, Anastasia now works at Instagram and lives in New York City with her partner and her cats. And we will all go and follow her at Anastasia Writes on Instagram, which I will link below. And you can also go to her website for more information, which is AnastasiaWrites.com. And we love her work and we're super honored to share it. So descriptive. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Like in the, yeah, the wording was beautiful. The description was beautiful. The, the language she used to put us into the scene was great. But in like, what a simple story. Technically, it's a woman goes into the woods. Guy pops out after a ritual. Genderless. Genderless demon guys and like hey you guys come here sure sure yeah and then she walks away that's the whole action of the story yeah yet 
what what a ride the whole time. Yeah, lots of depth and richness to it. It's absolutely beautiful. I was I was seeing the film in my head. Yeah, I agree. And also Spooky Bambina story, which maybe was you know more comedic than than uh, uh, terrifying, but really descriptive as well. Really, I don't know. I just love both of these writers, and I'm super honored to be able to feature them on this episode. I'm a big fan of haunted animals. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah, but like, yeah, just in general, yes. Okay. Like, you know, I, I feel like there's like a, that's more of like a just getting back into like humanity's roots. Sure. Where, you know, all spirits manifested themselves to you as animals, you know? Um, you just, you don't see that very much in modern horror anymore you might see like the spooky dog you know mm-hmm. like that stands at the end of the block right like the grim or whatever in, in harry potter uh sure um you know what's the mo- i was thinking more like the omen you yeah, know with yeah. D- damien's hounds and whatnot sure but you know you just fucking haunted bird hell yeah <laughs> like yeah. think about or like you know you have you have black philip yes the the, the cursed goat from the witch mm-hmm. the witch you know, yeah, you just think of how freaking terrifying, like, a, a demonic bird is. Terrifying. Like and a, being pecked and squawked at in your own home? I mean, squawking alone, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Get no sanity. Yeah. Both of these were, were super fresh reincarnation stories, so... We will, of course, leave the information for for Anastasia Garcia and for Spooky Bambina in the description of this show. So please go follow and support them as well. And I, I really hope that they give us more stuff because this, yeah. is, this is awesome. Yeah, I hope so, too. This was really great. So thank you. Special thank you to our writers for today's episode. But thank you all so much for listening. We had so much fun putting this reincarnation series together. We have a really fun and lighthearted episode coming next week for you. And until then, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron-exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club. Also head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel. You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok, and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more. And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there. Our cover art is by Pilar Kep, and musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.